Good evening, Top Fan Rivalry uh, fans. This is Bill, and I'm coming to you with episode number 100. I cannot believe that has happened so quickly. And who better to have as a guest than the person that did episode one? So I just had to reach out to him, and I said, hey, you did one. You got to be 100. And so, Brian, welcome back in the clubhouse. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Glad to be part of this milestone centennial episode. Oh, it's, I'm glad to have you, my friend. I've been looking forward to it all day. I love the topic that we've talked about. It's going to get, uh, it's going to get a little, uh, little passionate, I think. So, yeah. um, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce the topic and then let's just kind of talk through it a bit. So what's on your mind? Well, um, as we're recording this on a uh, Tuesday, August the 30th, 30th we're yeah, a yeah. week, a week from the news of, um, Artie Moreno possibly seeking to sell the angels okay and last week was my birthday and everyone texted me and said hey this is a great gift for you he's gonna sell the team so <laughs> uh, i wanted to i wanted to bring that topic up and talk about my thoughts from it and just where time went the last 20 years and how we've got to where we're at right now with that team i couldn't agree with you more i i you were one of the first people I thought of the second that um, the second that that hit off. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is friends. This is going to be the best birthday present for him ever. So <laughs> um, so break me down the last kind of 20 years. Let's start, you know, with some of the positives. But obviously, there's a lot of things that Artie could have done better. And we'll get to those. Yeah. But let's just start with the positives before we we end with the negatives. Yeah. Well, Artie bought the team after they won the World Series. Yep. Um, Disney had them when they won it all. Um, he bought them for $180 million. Okay. Um, 03 was a down year. It was the World Series hangover year. Every team goes to it pretty much. Um, 04 is where we take off. 04, he brings in only Angel Hall of Famer, Vladimir Guerrero. He comes in on a cheap, like, four-year, $80 million deal. The guy wins an MVP his first year. Angels make the playoffs. They have pitching. They have hitting. They get knocked out by a hot Red Sox team who went on to win the World Series. 05. They go to the ALCS. They beat the Yankees in the division. They play the White Sox, run into a hot White Sox team. Mm -hmm. Had a great team. The Angels had the Cy Young that year in Bartolo Colon. Um some miscues by the umpires kind of led to the downfall of that series, but not reach that, that last step before going to the world series. Right. 06 didn't make the playoffs. 07 make the playoffs. Boston beats us again. 08. I'm trying to think of 08. I believe 08 we lost again or we didn't make the playoffs. Um, 09 had a great year. You know, it started off with, you know, losing Nick Adenhart, um, the team rallied around that. You know, previous couple of years prior to that, Angels signed guys like Tory Hunter, who's pretty much the leader of that team, with the guy like Jared Weaver leading the staff. Oh nine, they get to they they beat Boston, they get past them, then they run into a hot Yankees team in the championship series, they don't make it, get knocked out. 2010, nothing. 2011, nothing. 2012, barely scrape it. 13, nothing. 14, 
that's the year I worked there. Man, that team was good. But this is where it started. Signing guys that didn't help the team out. The flashy players to really, you know, get these people in the seats, build the product of the team up, you know, the West Coast Yankees ordeal what, from my understanding, is what Moreno wanted to run. Um, had a great record, best record in baseball. We failed. I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I believe 08 was when we did go to the playoffs and we won 100 games that year. I was just going to say that. I just yeah. I wanted to fact check you on that. Yeah, totally that forgot about that, that. Philly won the World Series. Yep, and the um, that was the year we had a to share it as like the, a rental the last two months. So totally forgot about that. Um, but you know he he signs these flashy players to try to get him get the team there, and it doesn't work out. He doesn't give. And I always said this: you have to get the players that you know, your manager knows how to manage. I mean, your your manager should manage anyone, but at the time, Mike Sosha, who was the tenured manager there, he wasn't a flashy power-hitting offense. It was, I'm going to play small ball. I'm going to go station to station on the bases. I'm going to run hit and runs. I'm going to steal. This is what we're going to do, and that's how they won. And it just kind of took off to, let's sign these bloated contracts. Let's dish out money. For former MVPs, former All Stars, people who have made their careers in other uh, teams, and see where it takes us. And with that, we lose draft picks. We lose all these different things. Um, guys that could have had a spot because another guy with a long contract who wasn't performing filled that spot, so they ended up getting traded and whatnot. So, um, farm system gets depleted. Haven't sniffed the playoffs or even a really good winning season since 2014 it's been a wash yeah yeah and it you know it's funny in preparation for this i actually went back and i looked at the last 20 years since Artie has owned the team the last 20 years and what that looked like and you just broke it down perfectly and it was it was a lot of deals that could have worked out the cj wilson deal the josh hamilton deal that could have worked out, but they didn't. But it was putting a lot of eggs in in one or two baskets. Um, yeah. Whereas, honestly, guys like David Eckstein, that's a guy you keep around. You don't have to pay him a ton of money. But would I rather have a Josh Hamilton or a David Eckstein? Eh, look at how, you know, if Josh performed the way that he did in Texas, yes, you want Josh Hamilton every day and twice on Sunday. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. C.J. Wilson, same thing. And C.J. Wilson went to the same high school I did. So I'm I'm giving somebody, you know, my alma mater, you know, black eye here. But a lot of these guys, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, these big deals, Mark yeah. Shera type thing. And so I went back and I looked through it and, and you nailed it. That was perfect. So switch me gears now and tell me, tell me where you think the wheels have come off the wagon. So excluding for a second managerial changes um, because honestly it drives me nuts when fans say, Oh, this is the manager. Very few times. Is it the manager? Very few times, right? Tony LaRusso falling asleep in the dugout. That's on the manager. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But Mike Sosha, he couldn't bat for these guys. Like he no. couldn't pitch for them. And so, you know, he's trying to execute strategies. So, You've got Mike Sosha, you got Joe Madden, you got Brad Osmus, you've got Phil Nevin. Um, forget that for a second. Talk to me about where the Angels could have done better 
over the last 20 years under Artie's leadership, right? You, you know, if you think about um, the on-field leadership with the managers, you the turnover rate's not as big as what it has been in the front office. Yep. Um, since Moreno took over, he's had Bill Stoneman as a GM, Tony Riggins as a GM, Jerry Depoto as a GM, Billy Epler as a GM, Perry Manassian as a GM. That's yep. five different GMs. And each one of them got those people on the field to perform. You know, Stoneman to Regans, you know, that, those were those AOS teams that they were dominant. Everyone was sitting above 300. Uh, everyone was pitching. They weren't like Cy Young pitchers, but they were guys that can, you know, toss you 180 and give you 10 wins. And they were workhorses. And then the switch over to, all right, we had one down here. Let's rehaul. That's when DePoto came in. And that's when the unnecessary spending, I believe, really took off. Um, bringing in C.J. Wilson, which C.J. Wilson had a couple good years, um, but signing Pujols, you know, a th- I don't even know, 32, 33-year-old to a long-term deal like that, crippling what you could build around that. You don't want to build around someone that's in his mid-30s. You want to build around someone that's in his early 20s. And they've done that with Trout, but they haven't. Uh, because they brought their face to the franchise in with all these aging guys around it, and they were so crippled by that bloated contract and the Hamilton contract to where they couldn't put a quality product on the field and give the guys that Mike Trout needed behind them. Um, Justin and I think the contract. wheels, yeah, Justin Upton's contract, and I think it's more so the wheels just coming off at that, you know, yes man, DePoto signing where. He just wants to get those flashy players for his boss, and it puts um, people in the stands to watch him. And checks to the long ball. Let's see homers, and it it didn't um, really go out to wins for that. Um, and then I think, and that's what fans want now is wins. And it's we're tired of the stigma of you know can't get Mike Trout to the playoffs or Shohei Otani to the playoffs. It's been it's been pretty hard the last few years. I mean, since 2014, it's been tough. We've had a lot of on field tragedy and just drama, you know, in the front office. And I think, um, I think it's just, it all started, you know, with this bloated contract with pool holes. And I think that's where the wheels just fell off. And then just GMs now being the yes man to Artie Moreno. You know, Brian, you bring up a good point. Notice how we're talking about, about pool hosts, uh, Hamilton, Upton, um, even Mike Trout's big contract, right? Notice how we're talking about all these big contracts, but none of them are pitchers. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and as the Yankees learned in 2008 when they signed A-Rod or 2006, they signed A-Rod. They had a, a huge squad in 08, and they, they could give up. You know, they could score eight runs a game, but they'd give up nine runs. Yeah. And then in 2009, they brought in some pitching. They won the World Series. And so I notice how we're not talking about pitching like CJ Wilson's the exception, but we're not really talking about, about bringing, I mean, you guys signed a fantastic pitcher. You and I talked about this offline before. If you signed him this year and if he's Noah, it's a waste of money. If he's Thor, it was a pretty good signing. And now he's pitching for Philly. We didn't even get a year out of him. (laughs) So I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why that, that's where your teams excel, right? Is that pitching area. And so got to spend um, some money there. 
the fortunate thing about this is um, we are second in the league, I believe, in shutouts yeah. this year, and we're top 10 in team ERA. The yeah. pitching's there, but this year I think it's just been a, um, a lack of consistent um, defense and um, the offense. You know, Trout was hurt. We've haven't seen Rendon play since May. Um, Another Fletcher big contract. Now, yeah, Fletcher just got back, so Fletcher's been you know hitting, but the young guys aren't hitting either. Um, so it's just it's it was more so the offense, which really has never been an issue for them. But this year, I'm still waiting for that pitching and offense to just together. be that well-oiled machine and just run away with it because they have the ability. We saw that this year. They were clicking on all cylinders the first month and a half, and then they just fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, it was that 14-game losing streak. And you and I talked about this. I said, looks like the Angels could run away with this thing. And within a week, they started on that 14-game losing streak, and it wasn't the pitching. I mean, they were losing games one to nothing. Yeah. And, you know, when your pitcher gives up one run and he loses, he's got every right to be upset. Because even if he gives up two runs – that's a Hall of Fame pitcher that gives up two runs or less every outing. That's what you want. Yeah. So, um, so it, let me ask you this question then. So, um, I, I think your guys' biggest advantage, I really do, and and so I'm going to say this, and then tell me where you go next. I think your biggest advantage is you play in Orange County, California. Okay, where it like there's a hundred and you know, it's a hundred degrees out half the year, right? You get five days of rain all year. You don't have to worry about ice, snow, sleet. Like you got great school systems. You got a great ballpark to play in. You know, you've got housing for, you know, the players that, that is in good neighborhoods and things like that. Orange County is a place where people would want to play um, versus, you know, if you got offered the same contract in Minnesota, no disrespect to the twins, but, it's 30 below zero from yeah. December 1st to February 28th. Right. Yeah. Um, so then where do you go next? Like if you were pulling the purse strings in this off season, there's a, a slew of shortstops that are out there right now, but you guys kind of got a shortstop. So, well, Fletcher plays second base mostly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's a slew of shortstops that are out there. There's a slew of pitchers out there. You're pulling the purse strings. What do you do? What What do you do? Knowing that your owner is going to try to sell the team, where are you going first? Well, that's the hard thing is he has say in who you know you sign and you dish <laughs> the money out to. So I don't know whether or not he's going to want to dish out a contract or even focus. And probably just his main focus is to sell the team first. Now, do you bring those you know those names in? Do you get a Trey Turner or a Carlos Correa? after he opts out from his twins uh, deal on the team before you sell to make it worth more because you have the star power or do you just let it be and let it be the next guy's problem? Um, mm. That's, that's the issue that, you know, the question marks that, you know, come with this off season um, potentially if he is going to sell the team, um, which I think he will. Um, but it's, I really don't have an answer for that, but I know there is internal options. You know, Fletcher can play anywhere on the infield. Renhifo's had a come out year this year. Um, you know, you still have Rendon over at third, so you have these guys up the middle. Um, they also have people in the in their system. You know, their yeah. system's still ranked pretty low, but 
there's guys they drafted this year that are already in double A and they're hitting. Yeah. Like yeah. they have a guy um named Neto. He's he's in uh double A Rocket City and he's hitting last time I checked was hitting three forty. Nice. No, and nice. he's raking in, in a competitive double A league. Um right. there's guys pitching really well down there. A lot of their draft picks are coming in. The catcher they got from the Brandon Marsh trade from Philly is I, he's played in like 10 games and has seven homers. And he's not just an offensive catcher, but he's a defensive catcher as well. So the future is there. It's just once it's there, you know, what else will be there? You know, they're in double A. So maybe a year or two years, you know, Trout's 33. Yeah. And which, leads, have me out to, there? which leads me to this question. Um, if the right deal came along, do you move Trout? Trade him? Well, you can't I, trade I, him. I, this you is can't trade him without question. eating without eating most of that money. Let's assume somebody will pay it. Let's assume Philly will pay it, right? Because he's from that. Do you, I mean, do you put together a deal to try to get you away from that contract, knowing that with his back issues now, it could be a scenario, or or do you? Do you let him be? I mean, I. Either way, you're winning, right? Either way, you can win. But, but what do you do? I think you let him be. I think he's a statue guy. He's gonna have, you know, if they're still at that same stadium or a new stadium, he's gonna be the first guy that they erect a statue for outside. Right. You know, I agree. and it's gonna be there. And I don't think he's going anywhere. He wants to stay here, and that's why he's he signed long term. He had the choice to leave or not, and he chose to stay. Just say, no matter exactly. no matter how you know bad or good the team is he chose to be here this is where he wants to be um there are other options to trade to possibly get more farm back i know we talked about this you know just shooting the breeze but the missed opportunity to trade otani this um trade deadline um i think hurt them too but they didn't pull the trigger on that because moreno knew he was going to sell the team right I'm not going to sell a team that doesn't have Otani on it. I'm not going to make my money. Yeah. I have two guys. I have Trout and Otani on my team. That's going to make all these people, all these billionaires want to buy this team because they have those two guys, those two marketable guys. So, so, so I noticed something in the trade deadline that I hadn't seen before. And I honestly wonder if we're seeing it's the weirdest thing, but I honestly wonder if we're seeing a difference in baseball now. Notice how you saw a couple of big names get moved: the Josh Bell's, the the uh, Sotos, Juan Sotos, and everything. But yeah. notice that most of the deals were for one or two major league players, and most of it was farm system hands, right? Because they want to develop people. So I don't think you're going to see a ton of huge blockbuster trades. Um, in the future, I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of prospects, a lot of prospects, which is good for every organization. And yeah. if you guys can get a, um, if you guys can get a, uh, you know, a couple of farm hands that can pitch, and you can bring them up this next year or the year after, beautiful. Because, because you know this trade, this uh, this sale is probably going to take a year. So twenty twenty three could be a wash for you guys where you're focusing on 2020. I hope it isn't yeah. because it's good for baseball when the angels are good. But I mean, if you can get a couple of farm hands, why not? Right. Yeah. So 
Um, most frustrating part about Artie being the owner for you, you personally. Artie, I apologize um, if you ever listen to this. I think, you know, it could be different for some fans, but for me as a fan, it's like mainly the lack of, um, you know, changing things within the stadium. I know he doesn't own the stadium, and that's a whole other podcast issue. about that drama, but um, it's more so just the same stale stuff, the same food. It's always changing things in and out, kind of going the cheap route with a lot of the food. Um you know, trying to save money. I do love that parking's $10. That's great. Um, I don't park there. I usually walk from Carl Strauss, but um, sure, I, sure. yeah, the, some of the things like that really bug me is just kind of how stale the stadium has been, their lack of fan engagement. Um, you know, in before the 2010 season, um, I mean, I bef even before that, like I went to like Angels Fan Fests where I got player autographs and just they had this cool stuff set up in the parking lot. And like they don't do that anymore. Um, I know some I know with COVID and everything, it's pushed things. But COVID was two years ago. And the last Fan Fest I think they had was like 2010 was when I went. So right. it's just stuff like that. Fan engagement, you know, within the community. Um, you know, they've barely worn their city connects this year. Um there's also things like um, I went to my last game I went to was throwback weekend against the Rangers and they did not once wear any throwback jersey. And that's what we want to see as fans. I don't understand if it was a player choice or just they didn't want to do it or couldn't do it. I don't get it. But um, for me, that's a huge thing, too. It's just like Agreed. if it's throwback weekend, you know, these older fans that are in Orange County that are Angel fans that have been with that team since they've come out here it's um, we want to see like the jerseys we grew up watching type of thing like i want to see them like don the california angels or the disney winged pinstripe jerseys like i want to yes. see that if it's called a throwback weekend don't just wear your normal stuff like change it up a bit you know where your city commit connects like every home game on a friday yeah. they've worn them like three times this year it's been I, I just get more you. fan engagement really <laughs> Amen. I got to tell you, though, but if I were a Padre, I'm not wearing those City Connects. There's no way. <laughs> There's that whoever created that Neapolitan jersey. My gosh, I they they must have lost a bet and said, let's Maybe. see what we can do here. But that's that's another topic for another time. I agree with you. And even Rod Carew came out on Twitter and on Instagram and said, hey, this is great news that already selling team. Maybe I can have a relationship again with the Angels. Yeah. When you have a Hall of Fame player calling your owner out, that's beyond fan engagement, right? You need yeah. those guys back. You need the Crews, the Boons, the Downings, the Lins to come in, Wally Joyner, right? You need those guys, Tim Salmon, to come in and yeah. and you know engage with the fans. That's yeah, and the, and they have you know Salmon works uh, for the team. He does pre and post game. Right. Um, the throwback game I went to, uh, Fred Lynn actually threw out the first pitch. Beautiful. Um, they had the 20th anniversary World Series team uh, celebration this year. Um, so there are things like that. Um, but I want more of like, you know, if it's going to be a throwback weekend, where are those jerseys? Where are the jerseys? Um, I'm tired of Christmas in June as that promotion. I'm so over it. Like, um, <laughs> but like the, like there were things I went to the city connect night, the first night they wore them and the stadium was buzzing. I mean, it helped they're playing the Mets, but like, Everyone had a New Jersey. They had these photo ops outside on the hats. Like, 
more of that stuff. You know, make it fun. Amen. I go to these other stadiums and it's like a party. But when I go to Angel Stadium, it's just kind of people are there and that's it. And they're there to get drunk. And it's like, I yeah, you, you want to have that competitive. You want that entertainment on the field. Like, yeah, right. I've been fortunate enough. Every game I've been to this year, Otani has homered. And that's my entertainment. But I also want them to win every game. Like, not every game, you know, but I mean, be realistic. I want them to right. be competitive. I want, you know, if they're playing the Yankees, I don't want them to lose seven to one. I want them to be competitive, you know, maybe win seven to six, like something like that, like how it used to be. And um, just, I don't want to like see a Detroit come in or, you know, Baltimore's having a great season or have them get swept by teams like that. It's just, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And I just want, you know, it starts with the product on the field and, you know, with that comes more people going into the seats. And when that happens, you get more money and you can build the stadium up. And yeah, and yeah, that, that's what I've missed the most really is just, you know, those early years when they, when Vlad was on that team, those teams were competitive and they were fun to watch. Now it's, I watch two guys and that's what, that's what fans do now. It's they watch two guys, they'll watch an Otani at bat and then, all right, I'm going to turn it. I'm going to turn the channel. I'm going to watch, you know, the Dodgers play the Marlins because I know the Dodgers are going to beat up on the Marlins. <laughs> like, Listen, we're not even in September yet. We got 90 wins. We're, we're enjoying this ride. Okay. Just, yeah. just for fun. But no, I agree with you. I listen, I, I've been going to angel games since 1981 and there's been some very lean years. There's been some very fun years to be there. And you're right. When that stadium is buzzing, it's buzzing and it's great. And Honestly, I, I have to admit, the last Angel game I went to was earlier this season, and I felt like I was watching Major League, the movie. Remember when the two kind of uh, kind of guys were like, who the heck are these guys as they're looking at the yeah. lineup? Besides for Trout and Otani, I'm like, because Fletcher was on the I.L. at the time, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going, I don't recognize half these names. Yeah. And so, and that's bad because I follow baseball. This, this is bad. If Who's this guy? Oh, he just brought him up. Who's this guy? Oh, they brought him up last week. Yeah, it's tough when they roll out like Tuki Toussaint as like an opener or something. It's it's stuff like that where I'm like, that's how you know like it's going to be a rough day. It's good. Right. All right. So as we're wrapping up here, I, I love your analysis on this. Um, and if you have $2.2 billion sitting in your account, by all means, go buy it, Brian. I will be yeah. happy to throw out a ceremonial first pitch. That's about as far as I can go. I mean, Great. I don't know that you want me as your GM or I mean, I can, I guess I could be a special assistant to the owner or something like that and just <laughs> be the ball boy or something. But um, anyways, uh, final thoughts on as a fan, the, as a fan, obviously you want to see winning, but from a realistic standpoint, from a fan, what's next? I mean, are you just, are you looking at it? And, and trust me, I've, I'm not saying this because I'm a Dodger fan and and we're winning right now because we had some a lot of lean years. I know what this feels like and and I yeah. know what it feels like to be in July thinking you've got something going on and then August hits and by August you're like putting your head in the sand going when does yeah. hockey season start? Um, yeah. So what's next? I mean, are you are you looking to see what the guys are doing? Are you just kind of waiting? You know, till next year. What's next? It's a, uh, you know, with this whole potential sale, it's very uh, just unforeseen future of who knows what's next. You know, this team can look a lot different in 23 or 24. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm still going to go. I'm still going to watch them. I love them. I love, I hate how much I love them, but, um, been there, my friend, been there. That's, that's (laughs) fandom. Um, but it's, you know, the future is I'm always going to look at the box score. If I'm not watching the game, looking at the box score, I'm seeing how my guys did. Um, if we beat New York, you know, two out of three, that's a plus, you know, our season's going to go as planned, but we beat you guys, you know, like we swept Toronto, we shut down Toronto's offense. Like that's some positives for the future right there. You know, seeing Reed Detmers break out this year, guys like Renhifo, like that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm also like nervous, but excited to see what the future holds for the ownership. You know, maybe we get a guy like a Steve Cohen who's a fan of the team or something. And he goes out and, you know, asks the fans what they want and, you know, kind of takes, you know, you know, not kind of copying their homework a little bit, but, take the route of possibly the Dodgers, you know, how they develop, how they bring guys in, um, embracing that other side of baseball that can help your team be successful. Um, you know, and just, you know, you know, the thing I love about Cohen is that he's, you know, prominent on social media and he went out and asked the fans, Hey, what do you want to see? You're, you're Mets fans. You're diehards. Like, what do you want to see? I want the black jerseys back done. I want the foul poles a different color. Oh, it's a little small done. Let's do old timers day. Bring it back. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. I want, you know, the thing is, like, you're gonna invest this money into it. You should really stick around and see how that investment's doing. Totally agree with you. And I honestly, my wish for your team is we get through this with everybody staying healthy, right? I don't want to see an injury to Trout. I don't want to see an injury to Otani. Rendifo, anybody. Like, I don't want to see guys get hurt. You're probably, I'm just being nice here, you're probably not going to make the playoffs this season. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm just, just, you know, anything can happen in baseball, but you're probably not. Spoilers. What I would love to see, though, is from the, from the last out of the World Series that Artie Moreno is actively shopping the team and they've got something in the works so that in the winter meetings in December, when you guys go into the winter meetings, you know that you've got a different ownership coming in because that is what will change things. And I, you know, honestly, even if 2023 is a throwaway season for you guys, and again, I think it's great for baseball when the angels are good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but at least that would be my hope for you guys is that it's not a, a drawn out thing where it's two, three, four years where this guy's trying to sell the team. I want you guys to go into the winter meetings this year with a potential new owner, right? Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, A-Rod's tried to put together a group to buy the Mets. Why not the Angels, right? Um, You know, Jeter liked being an owner. um, And, you know, some people argue that, you know, he was done dirty in Miami. Maybe we, you know, maybe we get him with the Angels. I'd love to see you guys go back to being called the California Angels by the stadium and be called California Angels, right? I love it. So, anyways, Brian, as usual, I love your baseball mind. I love your thoughts on this. This is a topic near and dear to your heart. Um, And I just hope that from the last other World Series that that I'm hoping that he's shopping the team right now and they just won't announce it until whenever, but he did yeah. make plenty of money on it, and that's that's something we'll leave off of, off you know, for off air. But you know, he did buy it for under two hundred million, and he's going to sell it for two point two billion. So, yep. 
you know, made it all back and more. Uh, yeah, made it all back and more. Exactly. So Brian, I appreciate you coming on tonight. I love, I love having you on the hundredth episode. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> With a bang. With a bang. Exactly. So I love this top fans, uh, top fan rivalry followers. Please follow Brian at, at cap nine. He's a great guy. He's a great baseball mind. Um, he's realistic. I love his fandom because he's realistic on things that are, are honest, right? I mean, he's some fans who just can't do that. We've got plenty of those in the Dodger arena. So I just love that about you, Brian. Um, and also top fans, that. you bet. Also top fans, go to locals.com um, and sign up at locals.com. You can do it for free and then go follow top fan rivalry. You have three ways to follow top fan rivalry. One, you can do it for free. Not a big deal. Go do it. Two, you can do it for $3 a month. We're going to send you a cute little Top Fan Rivalry cozy. Three, you can do it for $5 a month. We'll send you a Top Fan Rivalry t-shirt. Um, you're going to want to do this because in September and in the off season, we're going to have a lot of exclusive content where Brian will probably be a guest on it too. And you may not be able to see what he has to say unless you're on Locals. So <laughs> don't waste any time. So Brian, again, thanks for... Thanks for the time, and I appreciate you staying up late to do this. Awesome. I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. You bet.